Messy Mon- Messy Mondays. Your girl show me. Your girl Marley Mar. Alright everybody, welcome to episode number 38 of Messy Mondays. It's your girl show me and your girl Marley Mar. Hey everybody. Hello, hello. <laughs> I'm so excited about us almost reaching our milestone of where we are in our episodes. And I'm excited for today's conversation as well. Yes, absolutely. And of course, for those of you who don't know, Marley is again in a different state and recording. This is like Miss International Mar. <laughs> Just try to keep up with me. Just try to keep up with me. I know, I'm it's difficult. With me. Where are you now, in Virginia? Yeah. I'm in Virginia now for a wedding. And then I leave from Virginia to Amsterdam for about two weeks. Oh my goodness. What am I going to do without Marley in the States? This is very scary. <laughs> no, but for sure. And make sure to like follow Marley while she's out there so we can all see the post. You must post. You must put all the stories up. And that's at lovemarley underscore. And for those of you who are not following us yet, please make sure to follow us at Messy Mondays Podcast. And you can follow myself at showme underscore ENT. And thank you to everyone in the most recent episode who's reached back out to us on 5050, um, which was hilarious to me. And the responses from that episode were great. And I loved all the active followers and supporters that we had on the page who had great responses in regards to that Jada Pinkett story that we had about traveling with your ex-wife. Yes, absolutely. What a reaction, right? Like everyone was super active. Everybody had very strong opinions. Some people got even a little upset, which I found amusing, that they were like, no, how dare you even suggest something like that? Like, people really took it. It was a hot topic, and it was definitely something that hit home for a lot of people. So for those of you who haven't caught up, episode number 37 is called 50-50. Check out what we're talking about. It was really interesting. I love some of the people who even put their personal stories to it, like how you said, and how they wish their parents could do that, or would have done that, or would have loved their parents in that same shoot so it was great to see those comments and right. much appreciated to everyone absolutely and special thank you to brenda underscore valencia 88 family man underscore 12 badass vegan tristan oliver and of course shorty rock 1985 you are always reposting everything that we put up and we really appreciate it and thank you guys for commenting on the conversation awesome and don't forget to follow subscribe and share um, everything that we do and Messy Mondays and especially subscribe to the show. Yes, we have to stay alive so you guys have to show the support, okay? Um, now, this is so special because episode number 38, aside from the fact that we're up there in numbers, is super special. You want to know why? Because I did a little bit of research on the number 38 and the reason I did is because something told me there's something special about this number and this number symbolizes relationships and how relationships sustain themselves after a creative expression is about teamwork, pulling together, um, companionship, uh, diplomacy. Um, the number 38 is, has the talent of dealing with people's creativity in a very sensitive way. And 38, in summary, really symbolizes teamwork. So I think that this specific topic that we're going to discuss today is working so well. It wasn't planned out this way. It just worked out that way. So that's a sign to me. Because our topic today is about bringing women together, as always, because you know we support and we always promote when women are doing their thing. And today, our episode is going to have a guest that's a powerful woman. Also, we're going to be discussing something that women are normally not involved in. So it's going to be a really good episode, Mark. There's a rarity of women in it. And women in this spectrum that we're going to talk about actually are super strong. And I know without even just meeting face-to-face that this woman is going to be a super strong woman. So you got to hold your head up and, and be tough out there. Yes, we have a phenomenal woman, an entrepreneur, a CEO, ladies and gentlemen. That's CEO, not I'm working for somebody, I'm somebody's personal assistant. We're talking about you in charge, you know what I mean? And the list goes on. We have Miss Bianca Diosdado. Say hi, everybody. Hello, everybody. Yes, everyone in Messy Mondays, welcome her, welcome her. Welcome, welcome to the show, Bianca. Thanks. So, Bianca, tell people a little bit about yourself. Let them know who you are. 
Um, okay. Well, first and foremost, I'm a technology recruiter. I enjoy building technology teams for companies uh, primarily across the South Florida area. Uh, but everything that I do is pretty much fueled by education. And so I've been sponsoring uh, many different types of events, user groups, meetups, conferences all over the South Florida market. Uh, but my intent has always been to have an international reach, especially since we uh, are so close to Latin America and uh, now we're very we're pretty much a globalized market. So overall I'm a, I'm a technology builder, a company builder and a community advocate for people that want to improve their skill sets and increase their market value. Um, so recently I created a consulting company called Choir that uh, brings everything together under one ecosystem and allows to you know break the barrier between the traditional corporate world and the crypto industry and all of it through pretty much education wow that's that seems like a, like a mouthful does it not it seems like there's a lot of moving parts in the situation and we're gonna break it down to kind of understand further because i know you mentioned that it does have an involvement with cryptocurrencies and um the world of of trading in a sense, but also it's about self-education. Like, how do those two things work hand in hand? Uh, well, all cryptocurrencies are, are you know, it's, just, it's pretty much just finance technology. Uh, and, you know, companies are, in today's day and age, they just, they love data. They want to be able to be as scalable and as efficient as possible. And um, cryptocurrencies are really just uh, uh, an, an asset or a commodity that allows for the streamlining of processes, including payment systems and payment processes. I love the idea of ecosystems because I feel what ecosystems, those who you're surrounded by and around is how you grow. And within ecosystems, you kind of have different leverages, different opportunities come in hand. And in this aspect, when you speak of an ecosystem and education, is that what you're putting together? Like, you know, the setting of folks who can connect within each other? Pretty much. Um, I mean, an, an ecosystem can't exist without people, right? And so... Uh, the only way to be a facilitator for the improvement of our community and the people within it is to um, help promote or um, make events that are educational happen. And that's really the only way that we can evolve as, as human beings is to support each other and collaborate and, and share information. And would you be able to tell us a couple of, like, what are the classes or... Uh, sessions and or events that you do have going on where people can like what are they about like what are you learning what are you grabbing from there sure um so we we typically have a lot of uh, educational workshops that are on the engineering side uh different programming languages uh whatever is hot at the moment technology does evolve very quickly so as a rec as recruiters um you know octagon talent solutions we are on top of the market uh, because we work with so many different companies and we see the trends happen in real time. So typically we pick educational workshops um, and topics that are relevant in order to keep engineers up to date on what's going on. Um, more recently, we decided to uh, pivot a little bit in a way that involves cryptocurrency trading. And the reason why we did that was because there are a lot of ICOs out there that are uh, essentially just uh, speculative instruments and people have been, whether accredited or non-accredited investors, have been um, investing in ICOs that don't necessarily have an intrinsic value. They're just white papers with um, a lot of money behind them to market them. Um, the We decided to create a cryptocurrency trading class and bring in one of the top authors from TradingView, which is kind of like a social network for traders, so that people can learn how to do their own technical analysis and do their own research, while at the same time understanding the underlying value of what those 
cryptocurrencies are, which it should always have something underneath it, whether it's technology or data or or money. So you do bring up something that's a hot topic because I know right now with the exposure in the media, people are talking a lot about ICOs. And I know that um, people should be more cautious before they put money into something without having the proper... I know you touched on a a subject that says you have to make sure that that ICO has the appropriate um, technology behind it and not only just the white paper. Like, How does a person who doesn't have the same level of understanding like you would have, how, how does one kind of avoid themselves from being scammed? Um, sure. Uh, basically, just when they look at the white paper, they should um, ask a lot of questions. Um, they should, you know, definitely network and ask people, you know, whether if they're technologists or if they're finance uh, executives on the Wall Street side, uh, they should really just ask uh, their inner circle or people that they know of that are subject matter as experts to vet whatever is included in the white paper. Um, typically, it's just the business model overall or the, the technology in and of itself um, because there are some white papers out there that are written in a, and they're very clear, but they don't have um, a business application on the blockchain, for example, or uh, from a compliance standpoint, it's not they're not legal per se, or they don't really they don't their their regulations are, are not really defined. So um, they should really just make sure they do their homework and and vet whatever is included on the white paper and make sure that it is a possibility to build what the white paper says uh, on the technology side as well as on the compliance side for for finance uh, settlements of the transactions. And what if you're one of those individuals who doesn't really have a support system or a group of people that you can go to because you know they have experience? Is there some type of a, of a platform where a person can ask these kind of questions to see if they can get like you know a legitimate kind of advice or like a guide? Um, sure. I mean, there's always Google. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's always Wikipedia. There's always Google. Um, there's so many different uh, places that you can access information very easily. Uh, on the cybersecurity side, for example, there's a school called Cybrary.it, and it's free. Um, there's, a, there's of course, a cybersecurity element that's intrinsic to any ICOs that are built, and I'm sure you've heard of exchanges being hacked and... Um, broken source code you know after ICOs have been launched and things like that so just taking the matters into their own hands and and learning uh what the technology is overall um we also have a digital community called crypto mountain uh it's uh about almost 6,000 members at this point. Right now, we're just on Discord. It's a free community, and every we do have about you know, 10, 15 community managers and ambassadors that uh, show people how to uh, do technical analysis, fundamental analysis on different uh, cryptocurrencies that are out there. And they're not financial advisors at all, but they do help mentor the community and show them what those tools are that they can uh, use or uh, places that they can do their own research so that they can make their own educated decisions. Those are great tips because I know for me as a newbie in this world, I'm lucky to be surrounded by a bunch of crypto nerds, really cool crypto nerds, that if I ask a question or if I find an ICO that like looks kind of legitimate, but they'll tell me straight up what is and what isn't and how to kind of like scope it out and things like that. So those are great tips if you're not surrounded by people like that who can do that vetting for you. For sure. I love that. For sure. At the end of the day, it's all about uh, not being afraid to ask questions and asking the right questions because um, it's very easy to get duped out there. Oh, very easy. I've heard some horror stories of people losing <laughs> a good amount of chunks of dollars for things that don't actually end up being executed at all because their timeline may say one thing but they did something else so it's, you know you got to be very cautious and, and vetting is extremely important so thank you for those tips yeah, those are great sure 
Yeah, absolutely. So now, um, did you actually start the Crypto Mountain yourself? Were you like one of the founders? Uh, yes, I'm one of the founders, but um, we we are a core group of people that uh, just decided that it was necessary uh, to to build. Uh, we did have another community before where we we were over ten thousand members. Um, but it was a little bit more centralized and, you know, crypto is all about decentralization. So we decided to build Crypto Mountain from scratch and make it a uh, decentralized, holocratic, self-managed organization where the community is, is essentially building it from the ground up and um, it grows through the sharing of information um and the contribution of all of the members of the community um even though yeah i'm one of the founding members it, it's uh, i'm just a you know a facilitator in a support system for them uh but it's really um the the community is really everybody that that is a member of it and that contributes to the growth of it wow it sounds like you have a lot of different projects going on at the same time And I know that a lot of people are afraid of either overcommitting or they feel as if they don't have the time. Like, how, what, how do you manage your time? Like, it seems like a lot of us struggle in that area. So it's important to hear from people who are actually making these moves and, and creating things and, and being part of the back end as well as the face for other things. Like, how do you balance your time? Um, sure. I really made it my lifestyle um i i'm not the best person at managing my time because i'm just so passionate about everything i i'm just it feels like i'm always working but um for the most part i always look at anything any task that i work on i look at it what's the return and investment on my time what is the probability of this task Uh, being you know beneficial to me or my team or the community in the short term and I just con I'm constantly pivoting on a day-to-day -day basis sometimes several times a day and reprioritizing and, and calculating what the return of investment of my time is so that because every every minute matters in my world right um, but you know I do manage a lot of projects at the same time but it's it is It is an organization, um, it is decentralized, it is uh, an ecosystem, and I just pivot back and forth, and and I couldn't do it without my team either. So, we're, you know, we're, I pretty much have to train everybody that joins my team, and we don't, although we don't have a formal training program, it's more lead by example, leadership by example, uh, training on the job, and My goal is to really just um, empower them and give them the tools that they need, be there for them when they need me, and uh, allowing them to grow in their careers while at the same time increasing as much bandwidth as I can so I can focus on other things. I don't know if that made sense, but that's pretty much how I navigate. Yeah, that, that sounds like that in itself is a job. The time management, that's a whole nother thing you have to also worry about. So it's like, I know that Marley mentioned something pretty interesting in the beginning when we introduced you that it takes a special kind of woman to be involved in this type of world. And it takes a, a, a level of, of strength and bravery to kind of combat with everything that you have to deal with. Um, it's, it's not really a secret that there's not many women involved as much as there's men. As I read that statistically that you would see about 94.73% of the people in the Bitcoin community and the engagement of it, the conversation, just, you know, being aware is, is men and only 5.27 are women. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think that is? Where did that statistic come from? It came from one of these websites here. I will look it up. Um... I think that there probably are a lot more women in technology than people think. Uh, we experienced that, for example, in our community where, yeah, it was probably 99% males that were engaging. But when we looked at the uh, percentages of women compared to men, there were a lot more women in the group than we, when we thought. Um, typically women lurk and listen and absorb and they apply things 
into their uh, work or their lives as opposed to talking about it. Um, a lot of times men just don't know how to act around women when they are in uh, public business settings. And so I think, <laughs> and so I think as women, um, as women, I think we just need to put ourselves out there and educate the, you know, educate men on how we want to be treated and demanding that respect because it's a, unfortunately it is a cultural issue and you would think we would be a lot more advanced in 2018 than we were back in the 50s, but um I don't really think that it, we have um, just as far as how we relate to each other. And so I think it's up to us to put matters into our own hands and help men feel comfortable having us around and, you know, not taking things so personally, having a thick skin, but also being assertive enough to demand respect and and show them that, you know, they do need to respect us. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes we have to interrupt in order to get our word in but um but it is what it is so we we don't want to lose who we are as 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 persons as individuals but we should be you know putting ourselves outside of our comfort zone so that they can get used to us being around and being a part of the the growth process and i definitely think women do need to become a little bit more um well, I've noticed that the growth in women has been happening in the space because I've noticed that a lot of people, now that there's a huge awareness in regards to the cryptocurrency and how the future is kind of coming along as people are trying to keep up with the future of technology and what's happening, there are a lot more women getting involved, putting their foot in, mm-hmm. um, to be towing into it, and I love that, and I like to see that, but it is a, a male-dominated kind of uh, moment because it, for several years, you know, this is like a, an unheard of uh, technology. Um, and now as it's growing, women need to become aware and are becoming aware that they need to be a part of this because this is part of the future. And so we don't want to be left behind um, like how women were back years ago when it came to money and banking right. and businesses and things like that. But do you think is it that because men were, quote unquote, more risk takers? or taught to be more risk takers, that they were more into the world of trading? Like, what do you think that is about? I think that they have a piece in it. Because um, I know for me, being in the industry was a risk for myself. I found that like very hard to be like, okay, I'm going to step into this and take this risk. That was hard for me because I like to know something of more stability. So I do think it may have something to do with that, that uh, generations were thought to be more cautious and more careful. And as time has gone on, we have learned to take more risk in, in certain things. Right. So and I'm, like, I, now I'm comfortable with it. Now I'm happy with it. I actually, yeah, I saw you trigger something for me. I forgot her name, but I saw this TED Talk episode about um, how men are kind of gr- uh, groomed at an early age to be risk takers and to like go against the grain and not be afraid and then women are not raised with the same type of upbringing. So, you know, of course, everything is sometimes based on culturally, but, you know, it is gender specific sometimes. Like you kind of teach a boy to, to, to get up if you fall, stop crying. You know, if you're going to if someone hits you, hit them back versus a female. It's a little bit more of a gentle approach and kind of, you know, all those things do play a, a role. For sure. And we have to take an active role as well. I mean, I was one of those. Um, women recently in social media that just preferred to keep keep my privacy Um, but I started looking at some of the telegram chats for blockchain and crypto and I noticed that there were a lot of men that were creating memes and that were against women in blockchain and that they were criticizing them and and mocking women and um, saying that it, it shouldn't we shouldn't make a women a focal point because it's it's a it's a it's a community overall and so it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a male or if you're gay or if you're straight or transgendered which I completely understand and I agree with them but I didn't appreciate the memes (laughs) and I didn't appreciate some of the mockery um so I just decided to have more of a of a vocal voice 
right. such a great approach to it to take Absolutely. a stance on your own. Yeah. So I love that. There's a, there's an, I think he's an economist. Uh, this actually came up. I think his name, I think he's an economist, but his name is Robin Hansen. And he's a really controversial, um, he's a really controversial guy. And he, he came up, he coined a term called, called incels. And it stands for involuntary celibates. And he was talking that, talking about how women, there needs to be a decentralization of sexuality. And if it wasn't for uh, women always being interested in men that had money or good-looking guys and not paying attention to the nerds, quote-unquote, maybe we wouldn't have problems with women being raped or being uh, disrespected, or maybe they would be taken a lot more seriously. And I believe that he was quoted in some, um, I think Forbes even, I don't remember, but I have a big problem with that. And so we wow. just need to unite and make sure that at the end of the day, we're not commodities and we are, we have ownership of our own, you know, sexuality, our own decisions, and, and we can take matters into, you know, our own hands and build businesses and make it make ourselves, you know, better by improving our skills and whatnot. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there as to like what's really going on out there in in the world in our in our community and and why we need to take a stand, uh, be more involved and and lead by example. So he was victim blaming that the reason the nerds are not getting any kind of love from women or sexual attention is because women are too busy looking for looks and money. Yeah, he was. He basically says he's a he's a professor of economics at George Mason University, um, and Oxford University. But yeah, he basically says that there's a phenomenon of of, of people called incels, which are involuntary celibates, and it's and that there needs to be a redistribution of sex. So because a bunch of guys are not getting any. They're becoming keyword warriors and they're pissed okay. off and they want to uh, put the blame on us and that we should be giving them a chance as well. Um, maybe they would be a lot more... Like it's charity. Like we should be I giving guess. back. I okay. don't know. That's interesting. That's terrible. Okay. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. I mean, I, I, I know that there's so much more coming and that there's so much knowledge that comes from you and from everything you're working on. I also know that you are working on a podcast uh, that's going to be available on live streaming options as well. And it's called Rebel Money, which is super exciting. Um, Make sure to tell everyone that listens to us about what's coming so that everyone can know that Rebel Money is going to be the next best thing for you to learn about ICOs and and warning signs and things of that nature. Yes, so we decided that it will be every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time Zone. And uh, Rebel Money is just a podcast where we're going to be inviting uh, stakeholders, C-level executives, CTOs, engineers that are from ICOs uh, to ask them relevant questions and really understand what what the what the token is, what the underlying value is, what the why they chose to build it on blockchain, what the technology is underneath it, does it work, does it exist. Um, so we'll be live streaming it on YouTube as well as in Crypto Mountain. Uh, the focus, even though the, the name of the podcast is Rebel Money, we're really going to be um, emphasizing more the, the facts and the, the technology of what the cryptocurrencies are. It's definitely not going to be financial advice. That sounds really interesting. So it's going to be on YouTube. That great. Yeah, and it's going to also be on Crypto Mountain. And then um, if people want to listen later, is it also going to be available on like um, iTunes and... We can. Awesome. Okay. That's really good. So you guys, now you know, when you subscribe for Messy Mondays, you're going to subscribe for Rebel Money because we have to, you know, take care of one another. Show love, everybody. That's great. I'm excited to hear that. Um, it's always interesting to hear what these C-level executives and, or creators of these... Uh, currencies or blockchains have to say about their product, and what what really are you solving? What are what what are you doing this for? What's the purpose? So I'm excited to hear that. I'm so excited to hear your guests. Awesome. Yeah, and please let people know how do they follow? How do they 
keep up with you? How do they join? Like, I'm pretty sure we're going to have a whole bunch of listeners that are going to be so interested in getting more involved and, and knowing, like, what if a person who's never been involved and never heard of Discord wants to join Crypto Mountain? Are they welcomed? Yes, they're absolutely welcomed. Um, right now, we're in the middle of uh, globalizing Crypto Mountain on the blockchain and re- making it even more distributed. Um and so right now we don't crypto mountain doesn't have a website uh but the the global platform ivory spaces does and there is an opportunity there to join crypto mountain for free um eventually there will be uh, different levels of membership in crypto mountain uh but for the most part it's just a ton of content a ton of information um most groups uh, most other groups um, they charge for this type of information that in, that's in there, but we're going to make sure to keep it free. And uh, you can join by going to ivoryspaces.com for now. Awesome. And how can people follow you? You know, I've gotten banned by Twitter a couple times. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're your own rebel. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thus, rebel uh, money makes sense, right? <laughs> apparently, apparently, I was being abusive, um, even though everything that I posted was based on education. I think it has more to do with the blanket ban that uh, Twitter decided to to do for anything that's related to crypto. Um, so yeah. I, I do have a Twitter. It's Bianca D is in David zero three. Uh, but it's a, it's a whole new account because they permanently banned the other one, and I don't know why. So I'm what I'm gonna do with this. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do with this uh, with this Twitter account, I'm just gonna add a link with all my archive from my previous one, and that way people can see the history of it. But yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Bianca D zero three. You can also follow me on Instagram under Choir Advisors Q U I R E Advisors, and that's where I have. Uh, most of the, the, the content for events and um, that are related to education, technology, and cryptocurrencies. Awesome. Since, since we're all over the country, um, are people able to still educate themselves remotely? They don't have to physically be here, correct? They can do it online. They can do a webinars. You guys have those type of options as well? Yes, that's all in the works. Right now, it's best to just go through Crypto Mountain because it's free. It's on Discord. Discord is a gaming platform. Um, There's different levels that you can achieve. The more you engage, the more you contribute, the higher you go in the mountain. And uh, as they do climb the mountain and they search for ivory, they are going to get rewarded. So all of that's in the works. Oh, very awesome. Very cool. So guys, you hear it. You heard it here. And now this is the beginning of something huge. And you are going to be able to experience the growth. We are so, so honored that you took the time to come onto our podcast that is very different from this specific subject matter, but it's important that we start to raise awareness amongst our own communities because the demographic of people that we can reach are not necessarily the typical demographic that would be involved in this type of industry or world or anything of this nature. So it's really awesome that we get to blend the two environments and maybe get even some of the Messy Monday followers to be part of the Crypto Mountain. Absolutely. Yes. We make sure to make everybody feel welcome, not afraid to ask questions. Um, it's really interesting to see the superstars arise that may not always have years of experience, um, age and, and gender in that community. It, it doesn't matter because everybody has an avatar. They have a different name. Most of them are anonymous. So it, it keeps it interesting. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we want to say thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Um, we are very much looking forward to watching and listening to Rebel Money. You have two fans and two listeners right here. <laughs> and uh, we're going to be all part of the growth, guys. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Awesome. So yeah, that was super interesting having um, someone with that much knowledge, you know, be a guest and tell us about all the things that are coming up. That was awesome. I think that's great. And as a newbie in this world, um, I love to meet people, especially women who know so much more than I do. Yeah. And a well, well, well-versed. And subject matter experts in this area, so that's exciting. And 
makes me feel more positive, like I said, more secure in my decision that I made in taking yeah. the risk in the job that I do now. That's awesome. And the funny thing is, you know, I also am now brand new. I'm spanked. To be honest with you, I've been doing this for what, like less than two weeks because I've started a new venture and like this is all still kind of Chinese to me. So I'm learning. Um, But I love it. I think that it's really becoming something that was one of the best decisions I've made for my professional career and for my self-development. So I, I definitely think that I'm in the right place at the right time. And I have the pleasure of being able to work with uh, Bianca on a lot of stuff. So it's really cool. So you guys kind of got to meet the the woman that I have to report to. So that's between me and you guys, okay? So that was that's, that's like the, the person that I have to own up to and I have to perform for. So you understand the level of pressure that I have to experience of making sure to deliver when a person is at that caliber and at that level of, of, of thought and knows how to put things into fruition that come into their mind. That's another challenge within yourself as a as a employee, as a as a partner, as a as a person that has to prove themselves. So it's all part of my growth, and I'm gonna let you guys know how it goes. And I know that it's funny that me and Marley do this together, and now we kind of have that in common too, which is amazing. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I and I also want to make sure since we're in the subject of women and women in business and all of that, um, I I found something really cool. And this was from Entrepreneur, uh, the actual article that I read. And the, if you guys want to look it up, the actual article reads, um, five reasons why there are less women entrepreneurs in the business world. And I thought it would be cool if we went over those reasons and kind of went back and forth and, and, and give each other some, some very useful tips. really good advice that's actually really good advice and also have you noticed that men love being cocky and they love saying oh no we did this and i did that and it's like they're not ashamed or afraid and it's like we don't want to come across as being overly confident or 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 boasting because it's perceived negatively so i totally can see why this is what it is yeah that's definitely it it makes sense and sometimes remember sometimes confidence cockiness translates into oh she's a bitch yes so be careful with that yes now reason number two it says here it says that we are less assertive um confidence is over is an overhyped word and it presents um a significance that's different to everyone it's not actually about holding yourself back uh for the wrong reasons uh, we also belong to a society where sacrifice is glorified and we are made to believe that asking for anything um, and taking a stand is not a womanly act. Um, this also uh, states that we actually don't really are like we don't really ask for money. You know what I mean? Like you know how um, I've heard of men going into an office when they get a job offer, and they give a counter offer and they say, "No, I'm not working for that. Like I want to work for this, and I and this is what I okay. deserve." Women don't necessarily have the same approach. Right. <laughs> I haven't. I think that's something that goes with confidence, and I have confidence in myself, obviously. But negotiation is something else. It's 
not like you're hustling when you want to buy a pair of shoes at a flea market or something. It's just different. If you're hustling for your professionalism, your better being, your growth and things like that, and you have to showcase that you're worth all of that. So I think that that's where I kind of lack that. But yeah, I, I, have, I have some assertiveness. Right, and I and I can I can relate. Like I'm a very good negotiator. I'm very strong when it's when it's me against the client or the customer or the subject. However, when it goes to like going to the boss's office and saying, "Hey, you should pay me so much more," I definitely have not mastered that level of confidence. I have not. So I, I hear what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Let's go for the third one. Sorry, I lost my slot here. Okay, uh, they have to tell stories. Stories and those narratives are big ways to connect with people. And any, I would in any way uh, prefer a real-life expert in comparison to facts and figures presented in pie charts and press my listeners. Women believe stories are fiction and it may be less credible. Hmm. Stories help you connect with listeners. I like to tell stories. I don't agree with this one too much. I think storytelling shows a lot about your character and who you are. Yeah. Like how you tell a story. Um, if you can tell a story, if you can, there are people who tell terrible stories. Yeah. So, who don't know how to do a beginning, a middle, an end, or throw you all over the story and it doesn't make sense. So I don't agree with this. I just, I think it's more about being an, a good storyteller. I don't think telling stories is, women don't like telling stories. It's just being a well... That's true, and I'm not. I'm not even trying to pull this card, but I'm gonna pull it. Like I think that Dominicans are really good storytellers, and like it really is part of our culture. <laughs> that's true. Like you know, you know how everyone normally knows a Dominican person that's funny. Like that's kind of common. I usually get that feedback, like, "Oh, you guys are funny," or "You guys are cool." Like that's usually what what I get when people find out, you know, what your ethnic background is. And that's part of our culture. Like we all get together as a family. Um, your uncle tells the story about this and everybody cracks up and then like, you know, your other uncle chimes in and then your cousin, like it just becomes how we kind of keep each other entertained. And that's why it's such a good time when you get together with family. And it's like, we, we come from that type of culture. It could be a Latino thing too, but I can only speak to, you know, us, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I, I also disagree with that. And I think it's awesome to know that that's a skill. I didn't even know that was considered like a skill, you know what I mean? To be able to deliver the story. It's awesome. I think delivering a story is definitely like comedians tell yeah. a story and then end that. So it's definitely a skill, and you have to, and you have to be a good speaker, and that's in public speaking, and that's in you know when you're doing presentations, those kind of things. That's all a part of storytelling. Yeah. Um, so I don't agree with this part. Too all right. Much. Well, the next one says self doubt is the biggest hurdle in a woman's path. Um, you ask yourself, can I do it? Am I worth it? How will I support me? What if I fail? We are groomed to be excellent and at the biggest roadblocks of our success, we don't take it in a good way. Um, it's okay to fail. It's okay to cry. It's okay to reprise. It's okay to regret. Um, but it's not okay to never try. I thought that was really awesome that they added that in. Like We're so afraid of, of the failure. Like Women, we have this this issue with with not being perfect and I think that that's something that we all struggle with we have this this thing embedded in us that we're supposed to be like great excellent strong you know fighters you know sexy beautiful feminine also in good shape you can cook you know what I mean so you have all these things that you have to do at the same time to be quote-unquote an ideal woman and it causes us to doubt ourselves a lot. And we're, we're so afraid. We're, we're assuming the failure. You know what I'm saying? Which is, which is a big problem. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can see where that's relevant. Self-doubt can hurt anybody. And I think it can apply, apply to both women and men. Um, because, I mean, do we really want, not everyone really wants to just put themselves out there and see what happens. Right? Like, you want to know. You want to be confident in there. There's a, there's a return in something that you do if you put yourself out there. So yeah, I I can agree with that, and uh, mostly. Yeah. Um, and it 
not saying that at the end that self-doubt only kills your aspiration, our aspirations, and I can agree with that because you stop yourself from the next step, the next push forward. So imagine if myself or you wouldn't have taken that next, next step because of, self, of, of self-doubt, but of us being able to be a part of this industry or community, we wouldn't be where we are today. Right. We're having the conversation we're having today. So <clears throat> I think that's major, but... I think everyone can overcome those things. Yeah. And we have one more, Marley, right? And lastly, women are scared of success. This is one such strange reason why women fail. Our society has been successful enabling these thoughts in women. Um, And the tender age of ambition makes you less womanly. If you are ambitious, you lose focus of your family and home such as uh, very common women avoid promotions for the fear of responsibility. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Success, you know what? I think the, the, the reaching success is a scary tipping point, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't, I, I can understand where it makes us want to say that we are scared for promotions for certain things, but... I don't think we're super scared of it. I think we we're learning nowadays, I guess at this age, how to go around it, how to make it all happen. How, how you ask Bianca, how does she juggle it all? How does she do it? Yeah. She made it her way of living. Right. She made it into her daily lifestyle and finding balance at the same time. Right. Making a balance of it. So I think we're learning how to, we're, we're the new age women, so we're really learning how to balance all that out. Absolutely. And also... I, I have a perspective that I, I can say myself, there's been past ventures that I've done, things that I've done really well, things that I failed at, you know, none of this is new, like, I've been hustling, you know what I'm saying, like, that's just part of our personality, that's why the podcast was created, you know, we have that entrepreneurial type of characteristic about our personalities, but I do see how a person may not take a promotion if it's going to take them away from their family, because women still have this responsibility to be the head of household we haven't really modernized 100% from that so if a, if a woman let's say has children and, or like a brand new fiance or you know a brand new marriage she's not necessarily going to jump and correct me if I'm wrong ladies if I'm off just tell me I'm off but this is just from my observations she's not necessarily going to take a position that's going to take her away from that you know what I mean like if they say hey, you got this great opportunity to start running your own thing, but you have to move to Iceland. You know what I'm saying? And you have to live there for six months, and this is what it is. A mom may not take that position. It's possible. You know what I'm saying? A, yeah. a, a newly yeah, married that's, woman that's, yeah. may not take that position, but do you think a man wouldn't take the position if he has like a two-year-old at the house? I think he would. Yeah, and, he would, and see, and that's the thing, it's the man, with, it's that, it's another thing, we do have to make difficult choices. Yeah, a woman is more willing to sacrifice her dreams for her people that she loves more than men. And I don't mean that in an insulting way, and I'm not saying that men don't care about their family, whatever. They look at it like this, they look at it like... This is going to help my family anyway, and this is going to give the end goal. This is going to accomplish the dream. I have to make the sacrifice to make it happen because, you know, they have that whole conqueror type of hunter type of upbringing, you know? Yeah, Yeah, but like we have the nurturing gene as well as what's been taught to us to say family comes first, home comes first. So it's like I can see how this is the reason why women have not progress and it is kind of like if I decide to be a force and I decide to be a strong woman that all she does is focus on getting this money and building these companies it's like it seems as if there's no room for the other stuff you know what I mean like it's just mm-hmm. it's tough it's a, it's a tough one it is tough so this is kind of interesting article I don't agree with most of the tips or the most of the uh, the reasons that it lists um I think we've grown out of some of this some, some, and it also has to do with the audience that we're discussing because me and you are fortunate enough that we are progressive women, but there's still women that exist that don't have that level of, 
of confidence in their own power. You know what I mean? So it is a it is a curve, a learning curve right now with everyone. Definitely, definitely. Well, this was a great women-inspired, once again, episode. Yes. <laughs> Hoorah. Thank you by Messy Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, I'm excited for what the next two weeks have to hold for me and what that experience is like. Again, it is a large room full of men, so we should see how that goes, but I'm excited for it. Um, for new experiences and different um, opportunities and things like that. And I'll be more, definitely less assertive, assertive and more strong <laughs> and focused on things that I am doing. I love it. But again, I love this so far. I love this conversation we've had. Make sure to join us. Comment in the videos um, on Apple, iTunes. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to leave us a comment your thoughts. And what are some of the skills that you as a woman Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys ever think of another a woman that you guys want to recommend for us to have on the podcast so that they can inspire us all and, and share their best practices and kind of give us an inside look on, you know, being a, a boss, not a lady boss, it's a boss. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, doing things for yourself and, and, and starting things from scratch, all of those things are, are really inspiring. And if you know anyone that you could want to recommend or if you yourself are someone like that, we'll be more than happy to welcome you on and, and have a conversation with us. Maybe you can be episode number 48. Who knows? Just let us know. <laughs> Definitely. So you can follow us on Messy Monday's podcast on Instagram. You can email us at MessyMondaysPod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MessyMondaysPod. Um, and you can follow me at LoveMarley underscore. And you can follow Shelby at S-H-O-M-I underscore E-N-T. And we want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And um, Marley is going to be leaving us. So please, please, please post a lot. Post a lot, Marley. <laughs> I'll be posting a lot. I'm excited to have fun. Messy Monday, Messy Mondays. Awesome. Your girl, Shelly. Your girl, Marley Mar.